Welcome back to another glorious episode of A Spirited Debate. The crew have dusted off the glasses, dropped in some ice, and pulled the corks, and we are ready, as always, to pour a few drinks and find a way to rattle each other's cages. Follow if that's your thing, like if you want. Fuck it, we're just happy you're listening, and that's all that matters to us. So as our sound guy cues up the music, grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and join us for... Just skip over. I'm trying to contribute to the discussion. It would be wrong. They would absolutely 100% be wrong. If you thought that our debates were going to be any different, then jokes on you. I thought you'd get better. And you guys came with the same shit. We are on our way. I'm I'm double fisting, actually. Um, So I thought that was on Friday night. Dad always says you never get better by playing people worse than you. It ain't going to so, take somebody long to get bingo so, here. Hey, let's go ahead and unwrap this present <laughs> so, uh, and let the I, debate begin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, welcome back to another episode of A Spirited Debate. As always, same wonderful group, different topic. All right, so let's jump right in. How's everybody doing today? Good. Well, well, yeah, man. Good. Not bad. Good. Thank you. All right, so we got everybody here. Let's go ahead and dive right into the drinks. I think that should be first and foremost on the agenda. Uh, who would like to go first on everybody? Raise your hand. Oh, Mac. Well, I mean, you threw your hand up. We'll start with you, brother. Woo-woo. All uh, right, what are you drinking? So I got a dirty snowman. Yeah. You would think that was an actual position, right? Hey, is that anything like a dirty Sanchez? Dirty Sanchez. Not at all. No. Rusty trombone. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So, you know it is. Go on. It right. is basically it's it's built as an adult hot cocoa. So it is mm-hmm. hot chocolate, uh, ice cream, vanilla ice cream, and Kahlua. All right, hold up the glass again. And I didn't make a single uh Jesus, I mean, proportion. That's a beer stein, bro. That's like a liter. This this is a beer stein that uh, actually the the girls got me in Germany last year, um, and I hadn't used it yet. And I was like, hmm. Uh, Look at you, chocolate. Chocolate around the room. I did do yeah. chocolate. So, so yeah, it does call for chocolate that's around how he the likes rim. It. He likes his chocolate, chocolate around, around the rim. The rim. <laughs> that's right. Um, I would go with graham crackers next time, I think. Crunch them okay. up, put them around the rim. I think uh, it might be a little bit better. It's too, almost too much chocolate. It's about time you got on board with a fucking glass, though. Look at that thing. Jesus, man. Nice. Yeah, that's straw. I know. <clears throat> I, I feel I'm inadequate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on a lot of levels? It, it's average. It's average. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Aren't I mean, hey, you know, it's like stump fucking. You got the girth. That's all that matters. That's it. <laughs> it's like you a know, you, just, can. you just lean in a little extra harder. That's all. <laughs> right. All right, Haas. Uh, I'm curious to hear because you haven't sound thrilled since we've talked uh-huh. about your drink. So I want to find out what you're drinking. Uh, last weekend, I found sweet vermouth. So um, oh. I made a Negroni tonight. Uh, gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth, equal parts. So, it is not tasty at all. If we do a halftime break, I am de- seriously debating making the fucking Boulevardier. Um, <laughs> so basically, though, the Negroni is like the Boulevardier. It the Boulevardier. Yeah, it's We're just gin. It's just yeah. gin instead of bourbon. But yeah. but I, I don't know. So I, what I made only... you think that you would like it then? I'm just curious. It's uh, not that I thought he – I don't think he thought I would like – he would like it. I think it was today's topic is kind of bitter on the tongue. Mm-hmm. I should have something that goes along with that. that that's that's yeah, pretty maybe. on par. Plus, I found the sweet vermouth, and I've been meaning to make sure that I tried the right version of the Boulevardier, and I'm just not brave enough to get there yet. So I figured I'd <laughs> ramp up to it with a Negroni, and I only made a two-count of the Negroni. So Smart. And one count of that might get thrown away. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> One and two thirds count might find its way to the sink. All right, a Negroni, Mac. You've done one of those, I think, not not too long ago. Uh yeah, and yeah, yeah with the gin. 
I, I pretty much would be willing to second Haas's opinion of it. there that it sucks ass. Gotcha. All right. And a groany. Uh, dirty snowman and a groany. All right. Sigmund, what are you yes, drinking? Yes. Yes. What are you drinking? <clears throat> I mean, well, in my studies of drinks. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I, you know, I know we talked a little bit about it this week and it's a drink we've mentioned before. I don't think anybody's done it yet though. So a little bit of dark humor, but I went with the dark and stormy. I believe uh, you have done that before actually. Yeah. I couldn't remember, but either way, you know, early, I, I early had, on, early on. Yeah. I had the ingredients for it. Uh, and so yeah, dark and stormy. If you make it right though, this, the bourbon or the rum should go in last so and it, it looks like it's raining like down. Storm, yes if it doesn't uh, work do you throw it out and try again or just drink it and try again you, you, right? yeah you just keep down in it just keep okay. down in it until you're you like fuck right. that yeah. didn't work let's do it again he's, he's, yeah yeah sigmund's like eight 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 ones in right now so. <laughs> that's right <laughs> finally got it to work oops that's <laughs> another one <laughs> that's that's why you're not doing so hot in zombies in case you're wondering yeah. is that Maybe. how mommy used to make them before she <laughs> yeah. breastfed you there sigmund uh, <laughs> but yes ginger beer you know dark rum of your choosing and a lime wedge easy peasy i like the uh you got mommy issues connection there. that was good <laughs> you know i live in the town of Sigmund i didn't Freud. say it was like dr oedipus and all <laughs> 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 all right uh, uh i i did maybe a little humor same thing is because it was kind of a sour topic i went with a whiskey sour uh, obviously it's just bourbon it's supposed to be you know sour like sour mix uh you know lemon juice and simple syrup obviously i make my own because it's easiest that way and then a little agnostra bitters shake the fuck out of it i didn't do egg white because for some we, reason we've had just, that discussion before right yeah. and, okay <laughs> can't so do the egg white i i i'm like nope not doing it i'm gonna do it without so i found a recipe that was without so just the bourbon uh the lemon juice the simple syrup, the agnostra bitters. And then I made like a six time batch because it had to fit in the punch bowl. Okay, and that's bro. okay. Zombies so, is going to be fun tonight. Uh, I've had half a sandwich <laughs> this morning. That's all I've eaten. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Uh, you'll live off Triscuits. You'll be fine. Yes, I will. If <laughs> By I the way, had Triscuits, them. everyone yeah, sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're willing to take sponsorship, right? right? Quick, yeah, quick sidebar. Has anyone tried the balsamic vinegar ones that are out? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. I've seen some memes going around recently that said those things are just amazing. It sounds Bals- good. What is it? Balsamic vinegar? Yes, Balls balsamic vinegar. vinegar and something. And something. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's see if I can find this. I do have to order me another round of Triscuits because I am currently out, but that's okay. Yeah, that's I'm down to a box around. and a half from the three I bought. So. Oh, shit. Maybe a and box. And those, he bought them maybe yesterday. Maybe a box and a quarter. Get you through the weekend, maybe? I was late. It was late at night when I was like, no, no, no. That's right. <laughs> so it's- sometimes the next morning I'm like, Huh. Fucking, they're gone. Uh, so. Balsamic vinegar and basil. Mm, all right. So, oh, that all right. does yeah, sound yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Or what is it? Uh, earlier, I was listening. Now you have my full attention. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> take, and, take some brie Sit. with that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We know you like your uh, your meats and cheese plates, mm-hmm. My charcuterie boards. Charcuterie. Charcuterie. I, do, yeah. I do indeed. <laughs> yes. Which I saw a sign that said charcuterie is just a fancy lunchable. <laughs> Pretty much. That's pretty much all it is. <laughs> it's so fucking true. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and for the record, I like Lunchables. So it's a natural transition. Yeah. When my, kids, when my kids were like six. <laughs> Fancy and expensive Lunchable. That's all it yeah. is. All right, gentlemen. Well, again, thank you for being here. Cheers to everyone. 
Cheers. Let's dive right into today's topic. So, unfortunately, recent events have kind of driven this topic, and I won't go too much into the background here, but for those listening at home, the four of us kind of run in the same circle and have for 30 years, and an individual that was in the orbit of our circle recently and unfortunately has passed, and the word on the street is that it was self-inflicted, and so that being the case, I thought it was a good time for us to kind of come together and talk about the fact that coming off of a fucked up year, not knowing how 2021 will be, and the issue of kind of depression and suicide as, as, as a whole, I thought it bared conversation. So that's the topic of today. I don't know how we attack this. I'm not even sure. I had a number of reservations personally, and I know I've talked to you guys about this, did a lot of kind of soul searching on this topic and, and a lot of thinking about it. Mac and I talked you know, when we're talking about depression and, and obviously the eventual, what does depression lead to? And if it gets to that point where it leads to suicide, I mean, that's obviously the worst case scenario. But, you know, in looking at my life, I think I've, I've used the word depression, but at the end of the day, I don't think I've ever been depressed. I've been sad. And I definitely think there's a difference. And I, I, I hope people would agree. There's a difference between I'm sad and I'm depressed. I think there's a clinical version of sadness. That's depression. And, and clearly there are varying degrees of it. But I don't think I've ever been depressed and I I can't imagine what that's like when you wake up and you feel like it's never going to get better. There's no way out of this hole. And so I just did a lot of introspection this week and I thought suicide and depression, while it won't be a fun topic to talk about, I definitely think it was a relevant topic to talk about in light of current events with the four of us and this particular individual, as sad as it is. So that's the topic. I don't know how we approach it. If you guys would like to talk about you know, how it has affected you, not, not this particular event, but if in fact, depression and suicide are something either you've wrestled with, you know, somebody that has wrestled with it, or obviously, you know, suicide being the ultimate outcome there. If that's something that has affected you personally at any point in your life, you know, I'd love to know and find a way to kind of work through this and, and hopefully in some way emote about the fact that we did just lose somebody in our lives. And as sad as that is, the rest of us are kind of here forced to persevere regardless of the situation. So suicide and depression, that is the topic. Anybody want to start us off? Yeah, I, I, I got a few things I guess I'll say up front, which is, um, you need a hug. And, and we, we should off. I, I think you had this on your mind. You may not have said it, which is acknowledging it and acknowledging how COVID-19 has exacerbated some of the, some of the issues related to mental health by the quarantining, by the isolation, you don't have a lot of those things in your daily life that you're used to going into work, others seeing you maybe picking up on symptoms, but, um, but backing up, um, I, I I think the, you know, perhaps learned a fair amount, um, you know, in college, I actually did kind of my closing thesis paper, a thesis, I guess, isn't the right word. I didn't, pursue like a doctorate or anything on suicide. Um, and it was interesting at the time cause I was interning with the police department and I asked to read like a bunch, I asked to read some of the suicide notes that have been left. Um, interesting and insightful in many ways, but that was a touch point. And then the army military writ large went through a significant issue with suicides, you know, probably going back, you know, maybe to 2005, 2006 is when it got really bad. 
um, which was the height of the deployments. Um, we had, you know, about 130,000 soldiers in Iraq, uh, you know, maybe 20, 30,000 in Afghanistan. I may have those numbers wrong, but they're close. It was a lot. And for the first time in really kind of the history of the United States, the suicide rate amongst the military began to exceed civilian, the civilian population, which was, which was an alarm bell for the military and the department of defense. And it kicked off all kinds of suicide task forces. I mean, you name it. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the bosses I worked for who, um, just, you know, it doesn't really matter who it is. Just suffice it to say he had lead for the army on suicide initiatives um, and like once a month, he had to sit through a video teleconference from all the units that had had somebody that committed suicide and they would walk through each incident. I mean, I mean you talk about depression. How do you compartmentalize Holy. that? Right, right. I mean, and, and the thing is, every story was different. Every one of them was different. because So they couldn't the day, point to the same thing for each well, one. Well, you, you, you look for the common pattern, right? I mean, that's what you want with anything is go, let, where's the silver bullet? I know that's a bad phrase for right, right. situation. Right. But you, you look for the, the common denominator. That's a better, better term. And then you attack it from that way. But um, at the end of the day, I don't know that the Army solved it. I think they learned a lot about mental health and then – um, and maybe this is kind of where I'm bridging back, you know, to where we are in kind of the COVID life, which was breaking down the stigma associated with admitting you needed help and seeking help. Because even clearances for the longest time, like if you had gone to see a mental health provider, it could put your clearance at risk. And you're talking about a culture that like admitting weakness you know, is detrimental to right, like makes your you persona. Less you're not as much right. of a leader. And so this drumbeat started of like, if you're a leader, it's okay to come forward because you lead by example and show that you are hurting or that you are, you do need things, you know, you do need something to shore right. you up. We're all human. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously we did a ton of training on what are the symptoms? What do you look for? Um, and kind of, the telltale signs, but all that matter, like the, the only way that you, you, you know, one, you got to be paying attention for it. And two, that person has to emote enough or something, say something, do something that's going to, to create the, wait, what did you say? Right. You know, cause the obvious ones are like, if you start making fatalistic statements, right. You know, you start saying things like, uh, you know, everybody'd be better off without me. I'm going to give away my car. Like what? You know, you know, like those are it, obvious. They, they actually say watch for the signs, and that's one of the signs is that if someone's giving away things that you know are very personal and and special to them, that that's a sign uh, yeah. that someone's about to, you know, try and self harm um, in, in a fatal way. So. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I you know, meandered as I always yeah. do, but it, it kind of all that's in my head as we're here today, and it's like, okay, so now what does that mean for today? Right. Which is um, acknowledge all that and realize we're also isolated. And as we say repeatedly, humans are social creatures. We don't well, do well isolated. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I did obviously look up some stuff. So according to the National Institute of Mental Health in 2018, because those are the last kind of solid statistics uh, that they had posted on their site, the, uh, between the ages of 10 to 34, the number two 
uh, suicide ranks as the second uh, in those age groups in terms of death rate. Right? Okay, so it's it's second in uh, thirty five to fifty four. It's fourth, and fifty five to sixty four. It's eighth. So obviously, we see the pattern there. Ten to thirty four. It's second overall in terms of you know the way they die, uh, and then obviously 35 to 54, it's fourth behind like heart disease and things like that. So obviously there's an issue, especially among younger people in Mac. I know, again, you and I have talked about this, Haas, we may have touched on it, is there's an issue obviously in younger people. The lack of development of the brain tells them when they're in a horrible situation, they don't get out of it. There, there's no getting beyond that. You know, hormones are just fucking wreaking havoc with your body. You don't know what's up, what's down, right? And whatever the case may be, but mentally their acuity says, I'm never getting out of this because they don't have the critical distance to know they can just step away and then come back when they're ready. And obviously then the eventual outcome is they either try to take their own life or they successfully take their own life, whichever the case may be. And it is a sad state of affairs. And of course, we all have kids. Have any of you? worried about this late awake at night with your own kids thinking, am I missing signs? Am I seeing everything? You know, Absolutely. you know, and, and so obviously it's like, I don't know. I've, I've done the same thing with my kids and I'm like, am I missing something? Am I paying close enough attention? You know, it's, it's having an open dialogue. I, I, so I'll, I'll openly admit the, 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 the linear process I, I think for tonight is depression, suicide, loss and grieving. Right. Um, I have suffered in the past from depression, deep depression, in fact. Uh, when we left Vegas and moved to Nashville, I struggled with depression for probably six, eight months, maybe 10 months. Really bad depression. Do you know what it was related um, to specifically? Um, Nashville never really took for me. Uh, in fact, it never really took for any of us, quite frankly, which is why we no longer live there. It just didn't. When you live somewhere like Vegas, which has everything readily available 24 hours a day, 365, and you go somewhere that's a slower pace. If that's not what you're really wanting and that's not your stick, it can, it can have a, it can take a toll. And I went from a job that I loved to a job I didn't care for. That also I think was part of it. Um, we had a crappy ass commute that was also a part of it. Um, I just, overall, I just wasn't, I didn't care for it. Um, to answer your question earlier, what does it feel like? It feels like waking every day, waking up every day and you feel like you're up to your neck in quicksand or cement and you can't move and you're frustrated that you can't move. You want to move. You, you want to break out and, 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 and be mobile and whatever, but you, you can't, you, you, there's just, it's, it's, you're being held down, stuck. You can't move. Um, with that being said, the saving grace for me was having an open dialogue with my significant other. Uh, Mrs. Haas, loves me enough to recognize when I'm struggling with something. And she came to me and said, what's going on? We had an open dialogue. I went and got help. You know, I went and saw somebody and, and talked to a mental health professional. Um, and so, and of course the work, my workplace provided a place for me, a safe place for me to go do that uh, on their dime. So I think it starts with being aware and then it starts and, 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 you know, Grinch, you touched on this. I mean, having a safe place to be able to be aware and then to be able to talk about and address it and deal with it. Um, you know, we've talked about on this podcast multiple times how mental health is so much, is so important and how uh, not just, you know, the U S but worldwide, it needs to be addressed more. And um, 
and take it more seriously. Yeah, and I, 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 I think this complements. I'm hoping it does uh, what you're getting at, which is, I mean, there's there's several things to unpack in what you just said there, which is getting over the hump to admit it, you know, admit a problem, which is a weird phrase to even want to use when you're referring to yourself, you know, to seek help. Um, there's, there's different ways to, I, I think you arrive at that moment of like finally saying, I'm going to go see someone because it makes it real. Right. You know, you can sort of deny it. You can sort of fend it off. I'll just get past it. I'll get over it. But you, you're hundred percent right. When you Wait. finally make that move, it, I, I mean, you, you, you know, better than I, I mean, it's, it's like maybe cathartic, maybe a relief, maybe like, I was in denial with even myself, you know? So you're hundred percent accurate in all the, and all those statements. In fact, when Mrs. Haas first approached me, I was like, yeah, I don't think, I think I'm fine. I think I'm good. And she's like, no, you're not. This is what I'm seeing. It's been for this period of time. Here's how you're different. And I was like, you know what? I'll power through this. I'm a man. I'm a grown ass man. I, I've been through worse things in my life. I can power through this. And it finally, you know, it's her going, listen, Linda, honey, listen, you're, you're not getting any better. You need to, you know, you need to suck it up buttercup and, you know, see a professional. She's like, you know, if you were physically hurt, you'd see a professional. You know, if you were spiritually hurt, you'd see a professional. You're mentally hurt. Why are you not going to see a professional? And when, when put in that context in those terms, you know, a light bulb went off. And I, it's unfortunate because I feel like not a lot of people have that support system, you know, of, of a loving person in their life that they can 100% openly, rawly talk to who will not judge them, who will help guide them and, and, and be a conduit to whatever they need to get better. It, it, you know, it's interesting because the, I, I had not heard this phrase until uh, a chaplain. I, the, the chaplaincy of the organization I was a part of um, used it and they called it living out loud. And what they meant by that was live in such a way that you're connected to people who know, who, who understand what's going on with you. It's, it's like you're, you're sort of leaving the doors and the shutters of the windows open enough to where somebody can start to see the signs. Cause we've all been there. You know, you can't see the forest through the trees, whatever phrase you want to use of like, you know, you're, you're kind of so in the weeds, you don't necessarily realize you're in the weeds. And of course, there's a difference between getting to clinically diagnosed depression and isn't everybody just dealing with shit? Like it just sucks right yeah. now. You know what it, I mean? It is, but, but I think the loneliness, cause, cause truth be told, and we haven't had a chance to talk about this, but the gentleman who we're, we, we have, are discussing or was the uh, epitus of, of us uh, discussing this tonight. Um, he had put up a really funny video, not even a month ago where he had taken a bowl, different bowl sizes and put him on his head and then did himself a bowl cut. And it was freaking hilarious. Traditional classical hymn. It was freaking hilarious. And he was as joyous. It seemed as joyous as ever. Yeah. So nothing I, that threw up a red flag. Anybody watching that's not going to go clearly. There's something well, wrong. Right. And I think that's an absolutely important subset of this larger discussion, which we've talked about in our social media podcast, which is you have to be careful of what is represented in social media and assuming to, to and, and I shouldn't even say assuming. Everything. I mean, it just is what it is, right? It's that, like we talked about, it's that treadmill of shit <laughs> that comes through your feed. Right. You see a video like that and it seems reassuring or it's at least normal. You know what I mean? It's at least a check the block normal. They seem to be doing fine. 
but we all know it's, I mean, I've, I think I saw it with maybe one or two friends before I like was like, I'm fucking off. I'm leaving, you know, the book of faces where somebody outright admitted they were in pain, you know, on and because that shit's permanent and there's some risk there. You know, you want the reward to be people come to your assistance and reconnect and then you get shored back up. Right. But it's potentially always there and others know it. Right. Mac, so, what, what were you going to say, Mac? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just agreeing with him. I mean, you know, I think social media uh, definitely plays into this some because you can, you know, it's easy to look at that, you know, and, and quickly get depressed because you're sitting there looking at, you know, all these people, you know, maybe posting, you know, these trips they're going on, obviously not now with COVID and everything. And, you know, if, if you're not getting that, it's easy to look at that and say, but you don't know the story behind that either. Right. And, and that was one of the reasons why, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of social media because you only get one side of it, but it can, you know, if you sit there and take that as gospel, it can mess with your head easily. 100%. I mean, you know, and we've all been there, right? Like, okay, here's a picture of us all smiling at the beach. I'm not going to post a picture of us arguing in the car on the drive over to get to the <laughs> exactly. beach. You yeah, know what I mean? right. like, Most people don't air their dirty laundry yeah. on social media. Now, I think it's kind of hilarious, the ones that do. I mean, who doesn't? Well, it, it, but well, it, it really likes a train wreck, yeah. And, yeah. and to that point, I mean, I bet men, mental health-wise, they probably are doing better, I'll say, because they're sort of like owning who and what they are which is not easy for everybody. Like introverts certainly aren't going to do that shit. De definitely and, not men. And definitely yeah, not men. Our generation it, right? are older because we were kind of taught. I mean, I'm a little you, bit of an offset, but, but I think we can all agree that most of the men we know that we grew up with. And I think even ourselves to some degree, we're kind of taught that you power through that shit. You kind of carry the, carry that burden, you know, that weight on your own and just kind of get through it. Yeah. You bottle up those feelings and you bury them deep inside. Um, you know, and you abuse the ones you love in the process. Exactly. So I think the know, dog syndrome, yeah. I right. think, you know, being able to, <clears throat> I mean, you know, and I've heard this before, right? They say, you know, couples that fight are actually in a healthier relationship sometimes. Now, if you fight, you know, all the time, obviously you're not. Um, <laughs> now we, uh, that's a different conversation because we'd have to define, are we talking fighting, arguing? I mean, what are we saying? Because I've been in a relationship where it was fighting a lot, you know, so I didn't feel that that relationship was any healthier. Clear. No, and, and not all of them. <laughs> We're just working through it every single day. <laughs> all day, every if, day. If you're fighting all the time, yes, no, that is not a good thing, right. but it is not a bad thing to, you know, have the occasional, and I'm, I'm not yeah. saying, you know, she should walk up and punch you in the face. Um, well, and I'll it's like we've, the, all, we've all felt like that with you. Um, yeah, that, show me a couple that's never fought, and I'll tell you you're full of shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, I think being able to let you know let those emotions out is probably he very healthy. Um, you know, within within reason, obviously. Like I said, right. you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think not bottling that up, and, and, and Hosh, you hit it on the head. I mean, I think you know, for the longest time, that was you know, especially amongst men, that was that was no, what you no. did. You you didn't complain. You didn't put out that, that persona. You just put on your brave face, your big boy pants, and you went about your life. Right. Um, now, I will say it sounds like there are a couple of factors here. A, Haas, like you're saying, you first have to recognize within yourself there's an issue, right? Like that has to be the first thing. Grinch, you've said it. You have to realize there's a problem for yourself, whoever the person is. Second is you got to be willing to talk about it and not be like, well, I'll just fucking persevere. Thirdly, you got to have somebody that you can talk to 
But on top of that, that person has to be able to recognize the signs if you're not willing to recognize them yourself. That's part of the problem. I don't always know what to look for. And, and that's, I think, like with the kids and things like that is like, am I missing something? Is there something I didn't see? Because you don't always know what to look for. You try to be hypersensitive to it, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to pick up on the cues. As you said, this individual was posting a funny video not that long ago. So even if you're trying to look for clues, doesn't necessarily mean they're there because that person's not giving off those clues. So there are a yeah. lot of factors at play just to, to, A, for that person to admit it, and B, just try to get them help. Well, and I think, I think that there, there's a two-part factor to that. One is, do you have people in your orbit, which again gets into the isolation. Is social media your only means of outreach, which sucks if it is. Um, are there people in your life who have, who have sort of their finger on the pulse? And again, I know I'm using a lot of phrases and I'm like, uh, you know, maybe that's not the best phrase, but, but they have a sense of what you are day to day, not the, a friend showed up out of town. They get three hours at the house that you've spent all day cleaning to get ready. You know, the kids are out of the house. The animals have already been walked. Everything's prepared snapshot versus I am in the mix or at least proximate to the mix consistently enough to recognize when there are differences and changes. Right. Cause one, I mean, in, unless that you show up at the door and they're like bawling and immediately just start, you know, kind of getting things off their chest, which you, you hope a good friend would want to do or would feel comfortable doing, but it's more likely to happen with consistent touches, which is why if you have family, friends, and you're connected to them, you are less likely to make that final decision as opposed to people around you knowing when they need to ebb and flow energy back to you to try to shore you up. I mean, I, and that's really I, I, a, a good yeah. thing you bring up there. And, and, and Haas kind of touched on it. I wonder, you know, and I don't know the statistics though. I wonder how many people who, you know, who end up doing self-harm, you know, are kind of, like you said, isolated, lonely, you know, is there not somebody around? Because I feel like maybe once you're in that state, you know, it's probably hard for you to see it yourself. You, you, you know, you almost need somebody else to be able to look at it and say, you know, something's not right with you. Something's off. Let's figure out what's going on. And, you know, thankfully, Hosh, you, you had that because if you don't have that and you can't see it for yourself, that's when things can go, you know, go bad quickly. I think. Well, yeah, pe people turn to they turn to alcohol and they turn to they turn, they turn to drugs. They turn to self harm. You know, it, it starts small, and then I think it, it kind of works its way up. Because the truth of the matter is, is a lot of times you're looking for anything that will shock your system back to what you consider normal, um, and you don't know how to get there. And a lot of times, it's not. In, it, well, I, I can't speak for most people. In my situation, it wasn't about how, it was about when. It was, it was a, a timing thing, not a do this A, a B, C, D thing and you'll get there. Um, it was more of a time, a, a process uh, of time th than it was the actual process itself, if that makes sense. Um, and just I, I kind of just one day woke up and was better, felt better. But you're right. Um, I, I think you both touched on it and I couldn't agree more. I think people who are lonely and isolated don't have the benefit of being connected and being connected is important, right? We, we are all creatures who want love and kindness and, or at least most of us are, 
uh, and want to be connected with others. And when that's taken away, I mean, that's another tool they don't have in their belt to help them when they're in these shitty situations. Yeah, but the argument of today is with technology, we're always connected, right? You should never not be not connected, if I said that right. You, you say that, and yet we've had multiple conversations about how this is helping, but we're all getting tired of this. We're all ready to be in a place together where we can hug and, you know, high five and, you know, throw shit at each other and play cards and get rowdy. And, you know, we, we're ready for, you know, fellowship. And, and this, yes, this has helped, but I don't think any of us want this to be what we have for the rest of our lives. No, going permanently. Forward, right? No, and, and you're right. I'm just saying when people will make the argument, you always have connection now. I mean, that's what people will say. They're the same people that when you go, I'm depressed, like I fucking get over it. Everybody's going through something well, like they're the same people that would say that. But you know what I'm saying? Don't make the argument. We're connected. I was just going to say too, and and, I mean, this isn't necessarily a clean pivot, but you know, we talked about having people in your life. I mean, you can be physically proximate and, and mentally separate. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and we've probably seen that like the, the kid in school, nobody wants to talk to sit next to them every day. That doesn't mean you're connected to them, you know? And I'm, and, and I will say this, I think as a person, it can't be all or nothing of like, you need everybody else to carry your weight. If that makes sense. Like you've got to, you've got to give some effort and try to meet somewhere in the middle. Is that always, is that always possible though? I was going to stop you. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. And that's the thing is, and this is why, you know, maybe it isn't, it isn't a callous, attitude towards suicide so much as a realistic of like at the end of the day let's say there's a person in and and i think for the four of us it'd be like look if i need to if i need to call you every single day every hour i will or if i drive down like there's things you got to do right and you're willing to do because it's just that important like certainly anybody in you know in this household right but the more you arc out of that circle of connectivity like you too can only give so much before you're like at the end of the day, brother, sister, figurative, you've got to commit to trying to do it yourself as well. Right. It, you know, and it's just like a job, right? Like I can tell you with the work. You can't help those. Right. But they don't, they don't want to be helped. Right. But I, yeah. right. I can't yeah. do your work for you every day. You have to want, you have to want to, because if you don't want to solve and help yourself, if there's nothing there to work with, yeah, if you don't want to get better, I can't force you to get better. Right. Yeah, you know, I can absolutely be there to help you get better if you're willing to put in the work. But, but you're right. I mean, you know, unfortunately, there there are some people that have gotten to that point where, you know, sadly, there's just no coming back. You know, they, well, they've made that decision. They've, you know, for whatever reason, they believe that that's the only option. Right. Um, and, and there's nothing that you're going to say or do that will change. Uh, that's going to change that. Right. Um, but punishing yourself at the end of the day going, uh, I should have seen something. I should have done something. Whoa. I should have said this or that. Maybe that would, that would have helped. Look, it, if they were going to do it, they were going to do it no matter what. And Thor, you and I talked about this a little bit, you know, you know, again, not to, not to belittle the act of suicide itself, but, you know, at least in my opinion, and, you know, obviously anybody can, you know, disagree with me all they want to, and that's okay. Um, the people that suffer the most are the people that are left behind to have to pick up the pieces and deal with that. Right. Agreed. I mean, you know, 
once you've committed the act of suicide, you're, you're kind of out of the picture for lack of a better phrase. It's all the people that are suffering behind and, and potentially any well, right. ripple effects of that, you know, because the person who did the act is no longer suffering and in pain. Right. It's the people who are left behind who are now suffering, suffering and in pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and, and I think, I mean, I think this is a good point to kind of talk about this. So what can you do? Right. Um, and I mean, and there's, you know, there's all sorts of things out there. And now and at times, even with the military, I, I thought part of the problem was it's like, there's so many call, 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 call this number. It's almost like it's overwhelming, you know, but, um, but veteran suicide is, is a significant issue. So of course the VA has a, has quite a few resources uh, re related to that. But I mean, even the CDC, you know, I just happened, I was kind of looking at the CDC's, um, you know, the effects of COVID on mental health, which I think correlate with just if you are hurting some things to think about. And, and I think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of get on the list if you, if you'll bear with me, which is one, be self-aware. Like it's okay to come to terms with how you are, how you're feeling and to realize others are feeling it too. You're a human being, you're isolated or whatever has happened. It's okay to, to like you should, it's healthy to acknowledge it and deal with it rather than pretend it isn't there. Avoid the shit that's upsetting you, which maybe it is social media. I mean, I know three of us, two of us, three of us, I think walked from it because as we said, it was a net loss for us versus a gain, you know, got pissed off every day kind of thing. Your body, which we know you already, you know, sleep, alcohol, other bad habits that start kicking in because you want to feel something, um, you know, you got to be mindful of how that, how that affects you. Try to stay connected, friends and family. Uh, and then, you know, and then the, you know, the, one of the last ones that's on here is, is the reach out for help, you know, whether that is through professional or otherwise. But, you know, the, the title of the whole section, which I really like, is called Be Kind to Your Mind, which is, and I've heard this phrase, be kind to yourself. Like, we all know we're our own worst, worst critic. And once you get in your own head, it's tough to get out. It's very, very tough to get out. I'll it, tell it, you two of the best piece of it. Sorry. No, no, I'm finished. Uh, two of the best piece of advice is I, uh, pieces of advice that I got from the mental health professional that I, that I worked with was if you don't have a pet, get a pet. Cause now you have something, you have a creature that you're responsible for that there's an unconditional love there that you're, you know, and that don't help. And then maybe take up a passion project. Maybe look to look deep within yourself and say, Hey, is there a hobby I've always wanted to, to do or uh, something I've always wanted to learn? Take up a passion project, F find a new outlet uh, for that. Um, you I'm know, doing it right those here. Those are the two things. The, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, I, but, but those are the two things that I thought were really, really good. Yeah, um, that made sense to me personally. And I would probably add to that maybe. And I'm not a professional by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So good man. You know, I take, love take when you say it's that. <laughs> um, Is get outside, right? I mean, you know, we've we've talked about this before. You know, you see kids nowadays. I mean, they are constantly inside. And I can't see, you know, and we've, we've, I think we've all kind of gone through that with COVID. You've seen what the effect of kind of being inside all the time does to you. Um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, all of us growing up, I think, you know, we were outside, right? I mean, it was very little, you know, time that we were inside, you know, 
for an extended period of time. So I think that's got to, you know, be something that we can add to that list of things that, you know, you can do to, to help, you know, I mean, yeah, I, 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 you know, for like sunshine can be an amazing healer. Well, I will say <laughs> yeah. like we, we talk about like 10 to 35 or 25. I can't remember what the stat was. I can look it up because I don't want to misquote it. What is it? 10 to 35? 10 to 34, 10 to 34. I can tell you like 10 to 24, I would be depressed if I got stuck inside. You know, I wanted to go out. I didn't want to be home. I I wanted to always be out doing something. But that was all of us. A lot of people aren't that way. Yeah, I know. So so Max, right, get outside, get vitamin D, work out, you know, get get those endorphins going. Get a passion project. I mean, you know, I always love the phrase from Tito Ortiz who said, you know, physical fitness is the best gift you can give yourself. But, but as we talked about again with New Year's resolutions, like it, 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 that doesn't mean you need to go be the the fucking guy on the front of the Bowflex commercial. You know, it's like it, 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 just get out. Like, just yeah, start I'm not even talking out. about going out and working out, right? Just yeah, go outside. Right. And, and you know, Hoss, you brought it up. You, you get a dog, it forces you to go outside because you got to take the damn dog out. Right, take a walk. You know? So yeah, you got to go walk I, the dog. And um, I was, yeah, right. Just don't do Whether it. Whether you pay for it or otherwise. That's right. We don't, <laughs> don't judge. And I, I was just going to say, I mean, on that phrase, like connect, that can come in a variety of ways. <laughs> and yeah, I got it. If you're in a dark place, like having creative mental energy to figure out what and how isn't easy. But there's there's probably something whether it's a interest group, whether it's a just being at the park, you feed off the energy of seeing other dogs running around or next thing you know, you're like, man, I got into this ultimate Frisbee league. Cause these guys, I, and again, COVID is raining on this parade for sure. Um, but it's the more connective tissue that's there. This, I think the stronger you are in terms of your mental resilience, which, which is a term we haven't used yet, but you know, it, a lot of these things contribute to your mental resilience because if they're in place, you can, you can endure a little more. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm on a, a Frisbee league, probably not anybody on that league I'm going to be connected with on the level of dude, I'm depressed and I need somebody to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna no, be no, like, no, no. Uh, Again, what? just having that human but interaction. Is it ultimate Frisbee or is it Frisbee golf? Well, uh, okay. Look, <laughs> Frost. Or- <laughs> but but does it start with somebody on that team notices if you miss there's a an Sunday issue? Or well, a I think they whatever. yeah, but I think they would have to know you on a level to know your idiosyncrasies. That when you do but step see, out of the norm, maybe. they're like, wait I'm, a minute. I'm not even looking at it from that standpoint of you know them recognizing it. You just want to be know, active. I, I'm thinking that you know just getting out you know is going to help your own mental health and potentially get you out of. And I don't want to say the term funk because clearly it's it's much more than that. Um, when, when you're dealing with depression, but get you out of that rut or whatever, you know, hopefully, or, or and again, maybe you meet that person that you can then open up to, you you, know, you just never know. Either way, I mean, I, th- I think the point is, does, kind of the stronger you help make yourself, the, the better, better off, off you, are. you are, right? Whether it is you just get more and more comfortable with who you are, and accept your warts, accept your, you know, your inadequacies, but, but use them and, and start to embrace them as part of your character. And, and, and oh, by the way, at the same time, seek to be a better person, you know, right. be better tomorrow than you are today. I know. Sounds great when you say it as a phrase. Uh, right. But, you know, it, it, go ahead, brother. No, I was going to say one thing, you know, and I, it, we, we can circle back to this later if you have something else. So one thing that we haven't really touched on yet is the 
the ability to get that help. You know, I know for the longest time, I mean, you know, it was not easy to find somebody that could provide mental health for you. I know it's not something that, you know, in this country we've, we've dealt with for the longest time. That system was kind of broken. Are you talking significant mental health or just somebody you can talk to? I'm talking significant professional okay. mental health. Not, not, you know, hey, I just need to go talk to a buddy or something. Right. Um, you know, I know we, we've kind of dealt with it occasionally, um, you know, in our family and, you know, with, with an older person. Th there's very few places that we can go to get her that professional help. Um, because, you know, because, again, she's older. So, you know, you're driving a couple hours to find, to, to seek out and find somebody that, that's willing to help that person. Yeah, um, but then... And, and, I apologize. Sorry. Go ahead. I'll allow it. Continue. No. Uh, well, I was just going to say, when you talk about significant help, uh, for those of you, regardless of the show, but for those of you on the show, when I OD'd in high school, I went to, I was in the hospital for two weeks. They had people coming in and talking to me, you know, psychologists and so forth. And I mean, people came in, they interviewed me, they talked to me, then they went and talked to my parents. Like we had one guy who's like, he's got a problem. He's clearly got an issue. I mean, this is a, a systemic issue. And if you don't put him in a, a facility, there's going to, you know, you're going to be reliving this over and over and over again. Yeah. I was just experimenting, just being a fucking kid. Like, and, and so there's your problem. Uh, one of the problems is like somebody that's supposed to be clinically trained, read all the signs and understand. And they're telling my parents one thing. Well, my aunt, thankfully, uh, deals in mental health. So she also flew up from Florida, came and talked to me at the hospital. She came out and she told my parents, she's like, he's just a kid experimenting. Putting him in a facility will not solve the problem. He doesn't have an issue. He's scared shitless. Yeah, crazy, you know, crazy is crazy, stupid is stupid. Right, almost killed himself, difference. was not intentional. But that, and that's, mm -hmm. I think, what the, the first person was like, he was clearly trying to, no, he wasn't. He was definitely not trying to kill himself. <laughs> You fucking yeah. idiot. And, and, so, it's, yeah, you can get help, but what if right. it's not good help? It, it, and right. to that point, I mean, you know, mental health, while, you know, there's the whole DSM, there's all these specific symptoms associated with an, a physical, like an actual diagnosis of schizophrenia, whatever, it's still a lot of art. What are they on? Like DSM the five? And there's a reason there's a reason why they say it's practicing medicine. It's right. always changed. I mean, there's the outright like I scream obscenities uncontrollably. Tourette's. Okay, I've got Tourette's as opposed to like somewhere in this spectrum, like I'm in a bad place. It doesn't mean like I'm hell bent on hurting myself every day. Right. Like you it, still make mistakes and you know, it, it's believe me, waking up on too, right. I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you, and, and once we determine, okay, maybe you are clinically depressed. Let's give you these medications that will hopefully help you out. Six years from now, those meds may not work anymore because your body's changed. Right. The body um, chemistry. So it, you know, it definitely becomes a, a process and having to move forward and continue to deal with it. Yes. Uh, again, Mac, I, what you're saying, I completely understand. There needs to be some basis for significant help. When you identify that there's a problem, you should be able to, again, not like just us getting together, like, dude, I need to talk to you, right? Going somewhere, getting help, help that is sustainable and help that hopefully makes a change. But Grinch, like you said, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, they can sit and talk with you, but you have to be willing to do the work yourself. They can't go home with you 
and oversee everything that you're doing and making right. sure that you are following whatever steps are, are in place. You have to take ownership of the situation at some point. And, and I imagine that's got to be tough for somebody who is clinically depressed. Haas, if, if you've ever dealt with that, it's like, it's probably not just as simple as I went to a psychologist and I paid $200 an hour to tell them my problems. And when I went home, I suddenly felt all better. No, I, I don't think it's, it's that absolute, easy. It's an absolute process. 100%. Yeah. And you it's know, one I, that you have to be committed to. And, and you know, Mac touched on this and so did Grinch. It, 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 you did as well. It has to be someone who, it, 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 it kind of sucks because it has to be a good fit. Um, and, and like we all know, when it comes to getting help from anybody outside of your sphere, uh, your sphere is that you need to recognize when you're not getting the good help for whatever the, the reason is, and you need to be able to pivot and adjust accordingly and go find it. Some people don't do that. They stick with it because they think this is a professional and they know what they're talking about, but and they're not, they might the not be hearing you well. Or, or understanding your your personal situation well, and so you need to move on and, and go seek some other help. Right. And and so it's a process, one hundred percent. Yeah. They might be able to help John Doe, but then when they talk to you, it doesn't translate to the same thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's just exactly. I mean, in in, in fairness to any psychologist, psychiatrist, I mean, they're humans too, so they have exactly. their own life experiences that are yep. informing what they think. And it's just like any relationship. It doesn't mean they're all going to work because you're I mean, suddenly put in a room together. Right. They could be having a shitty day that day. I mean, everyone or, has an off day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or but, just the way you communicate doesn't jive with the way the right. questions are asked or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I imagine a lot of people probably get in that room and they spill their guts and they go through all this shit. And then when they realize it's not working, they're like, I don't want to start over. Well, I don't want to tell right. someone yeah. else something. Yeah, like, but yeah. you know what? That's, that's, that's the freedom that you get um, when you're able to vent – and I and I will I will advocate one hundred percent to to mental health. You guys know that I've been seeing I have been seeing mental health people since I was a child due to anger issues, and so uh, I am a firm believer of it. And one of the reasons why is because you're going and seeing and paying money for in most cases a third party non-biased person so you can air all of the dirty laundry you want to this person and they don't give a fuck what it is. Right, as long as it's not harming someone else or you know committing a crime, right? They just want to help you, so it, it's a win-win. There's nothing to lose by going and seeing someone for that. Um, you know, it's not the same as talking to a spouse or a family member or a close friend who may have an agenda, whether it's known or hidden. I'm not saying all people do. I'm just saying that that's yeah. the advantage of seeing a third-party person. It's, it's that neutral gotcha. party that has no, no skin in the game other right. than making you better, hopefully. Right. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm talking out of my ass a little bit here, but I think there's a concept to um, – I've heard it in certain circles. I won't attribute it just because it doesn't matter. The concept is teasing out the story. Because um, I think even in our own version of telling stories – you know, when you're not like when you've held back a little bit or maybe you weren't truly forthcoming and like how you were that day or what led to something. And it's almost like if you kind of iteratively work through it, like even you, you know, you, like when you hear yourself say it for the first time, there's a value there because it's almost like you're rehearsing it. And even as you hear yourself telling the story, you're kind of thinking through it. Because, you know, there's a possibility like you, I mean, it's probably on your mind all the time, especially if you're depressed and tired and just angry. 
you know, sometimes after you hear it a few times, you're like, why was I so pissed off? Like, why did Warzone make me so angry the other night? Did I rage quit? because <laughs> of yeah. fucking hacks. Did I, did I actually mess up? <laughs> Fuck no. I did it. I did it. It's yeah. lag. <laughs> why did I just leave Thor sitting there wondering what the fuck why happened? Why is my controller across the room? <laughs> and my TV broken. <laughs> um, and certainly yeah. having, I, 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 this is worth adding, having a sense of humor does help. Whether it's gallows humor, to. dark humor, no doubt. finding a way to come to terms with it, whether it is through humor or other means, well, is and that's a strength. A, and that's Not, another one, right? Just laughing in general. We talked about you know getting outside. Yeah, laughing yeah. in general releases those endorphins that that right. are going to help hopefully make you feel better. Yeah, Mac. How many times uh, has some bad shit happen, and like a day later or something, I'll be like, "Is it is it too soon to joke? Is it, it's, it's, it's never and too you're like, soon. It's right? never too soon." You no, know, right, like, without question. Right. Uh, okay, so let's it, back up. Real, hold on. Back up real quick. So Grinchism, number 1,033, is what again? Do I have to say this shit again? I don't yeah, remember what I said the first time. <laughs> you recorded it. <laughs> oh, damn it. Have we talked about the Dork and Star? Having, dork, dork and Starmy. Yeah. Dork and Starmy. Having a Sam, we've gone south. Man, well, man. Hot chocolate and ice cream, buddy. I guess I'll, we know I'll, your weakness. Your I'll steal the phrase shit. and kind of revert back. I referenced uh, the Stanford professor that said it uh, a while back, so I don't want to steal her work. But um, You fucking thief. Humor is not – the way she said it was a lot – the reason a lot of people don't embrace humor is they think it's the – it's antithetical to seriousness, and it doesn't have to be. Right. It is a coping technique like anything yes. else. And if humor can help you work through it, use it. Use it. It doesn't – I mean, it doesn't mean you're not taking the event seriously. And it doesn't mean you're an callous asshole. It's just something that's in the toolbox to help you you deal. And as and as you know, Mac just said, laughter is the best medicine. Holy cow! When you get a good belly laugh and you laugh like you haven't laughed, you know, in other situations, like it's so cathartic and helpful. Yeah, it's rejuvenating. And I I do want to point out, uh, according to the National Institute of Mental Health. 2019, this is suicidal thoughts among U.S. adults. Only suicidal thoughts, not necessarily committing it, just thoughts. Female have a higher suicidal thought rate, which clearly to me says men are funnier. So we think about it less. Just put it out there. (laughs) Men are funnier. It's not that we're funnier. (laughs) It's that we think we're funnier. (laughs) No, no. Somebody makes the argument. Somebody makes the argument. (laughs) Men are funnier. So we think about suicide less. Just saying. Okay, uh, real quick. And I mean, we've been, we've been kind of harping on depression. Hold on, harping on depression. I know some people need a new drink. So let's take a quick break. You guys refill your drinks. And when we, when we come back on the other side, I know we've talked about depression. I would actually like to talk about, obviously, the end result situation, like suicide, because that's the other part of this equation. So uh, yeah, go get your drink and we reconvene. We will continue. So now that we're back, we, again, we talked about depression on the front side. And I think that definitely... That leads to, obviously, what we're going to talk about now, all the different facets of suicide, what can cause it, how to deal with it, getting significant help, recognizing the signs, the red flags, having somebody you can talk to, all of those things. Now, I'd actually like to talk about the other half of the equation, which is the end result, suicide. This is obviously a little touchier of a subject because I'm sure a lot of people deal with depression, through their day to day, but suicide, again, it's one of those, it's, 
you do it, it's done, we move on. <clears throat> We've all heard about it, you know, again, in, in recent memory, Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, uh, from Lincoln Park. Like we've heard about the big names that have kind of used this as their way out. Even something a little closer to home, uh, our friend. And so, as I think it was touched on earlier, Mac, you may have said it or Haas, I can't remember. When that occurs, it's not about them anymore. It's about kind of the fallout from it that we have to deal with. And how do we deal with that? Because the person that's actually done the act they're, they're gone, right? So they, they don't suffer anymore. It's everybody else suffering. Mac, I said this to you earlier in the week is I, I used to tell myself somebody that, that, that commits suicide, they're a pussy. And then when you think about it, I go, they're not a pussy. Like to do that, that takes balls. Oh, I'm sorry, it does. The biggest of balls. It may Pretty be selfish. There's no way I could do it. Right. It uh, may I mean, be selfish. It's... But you got balls where I'm like, I look at it and I, and I told you this, Mac, I'm like, and we're not trying to romanticize it at all. By right. of imagination. No, no. But I'm like, I, I'm too much of a pussy to do it. Like yeah. I can think I'm a man, but when it comes to that, I'm like, I don't give a shit how bad my, my day is. I'm like, I'm too much of a pussy to do that. I couldn't do it. I'm but, sorry. And, and I'm not talking about you, using a firearm or pills. To that point. Right. I don't think where no. it felt like, you know, I, I and, and, and I can't speak to it, right? Because I, I haven't been there either. I've never been to a point. I mean, you know, we've all had bad days, right? We've all come home and it's like, fuck, this was the worst day ever, you know, but you get up the next day and guess what? It's a Life day. goes on. I've the never been up. to the point where I think that, you know, that is the only option. Right. So like you're, you're left no other alternative. Like I, yeah. and it's not to make light of people that do it, but I, I sit there and I go, why did they think there was no other option? What about it? We talk about it. Number two in, in the country, uh, the suicide rate, number two amongst people ages 10 Younger. to 34. The person we're talking about that was kind of the antithesis of this topic was in their 40s. Like, so you go, didn't you they know better? Your, but you didn't, also, you think about it, you have half your life left. I mean, you're just, you know. Right. You're almost good, just getting good Lord started. The creek don't rise. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, at 45, at 45 years old, did you go? So, so what's, what's half of that? What's half of 45? And, and are you sitting there going 20-something uh, is midlife? No, you're not well, thinking in terms of that. Yeah, and I think, um, I, think I mentioned I, this before, which is to, to follow your question, which I realized was sort of you know, open-ended rhetorical to a degree. Yeah, no, but I suck at this. No, no, I, I, I understood what you were teeing up there, which is you, you don't. You, you, you don't, you stop thinking in those terms. Um, you, uh, again, you start thinking better off without me. It's not going to get better. I see no light at the end of the tunnel. Like those are the thoughts that start overtaking everything. Right. They're else. the prevailing thought. Yeah, nobody right. cares. You it, know, it, no, we right. don't miss. Yeah, you're right. It, yeah. And until you've gotten to that You can't point, see the forest of the trees. Of us, yeah. I don't think any of us can speak to that. Hopefully, you know, th that we've gotten to the point where we feel like that's the only option. Us, so, you're, the, you're the only one that's openly admitted depression. I honestly, not to belittle anybody, it's, it's, I make the analogy of headaches. I've had a headache. I've never had a migraine. I hear people talk about migraines and they're fucking horrible. I've never yeah, they, had they one. Are, they are. I am so yeah. grateful. <laughs> knock on wood. I've never had a migraine. And it's much like depression. I don't think I've ever been depressed. Haas, you've openly admitted depression. Have you ever been to the point where you're like, 
And if it's too personal, I'm not asking you to be honest. Well, about I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're close buddies. And so I, I can openly admit with you guys and I guess whoever listens to this, cause I mean, that's kind of the point of this, right? Um, I kind of have a dark side anyway. I, I'm really into dark humor. You know, we've talked about in the past, it's one a binding thing for all of us. Um, I kind of have dark thoughts anyway. On a, Especially on Friday nights. On a, yeah, on a day-in-and-day-out <laughs> basis. <laughs> no, Friday nights are not dark at all. <laughs> that's, that's the highlight of your week. That's, that's, those are good times. Um, yes. I've had suicidal thoughts, of course, um, from when I was a kid uh, all the way until probably recently. Um, they're fleeting. They don't last long. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's like any, you have a fleeting thought, maybe a bad idea, you know, the bad, the, the bad, the bad, you know, the devil on the shoulder, the angel on the shoulder. It's, it's <laughs> the that? devil talking. Yeah. And you're just like, whatever, dude, shut up, get on. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not listening to you today. Um, but yes, when you're depressed, it's, it's a louder noise. Um, it's a more, it's a fuller, more constant noise that you're having to deal with. Um, that can be very debilitating. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, again, not to put you on the spot. I was just curious no, because fine. I honestly don't think I've ever dealt with depression on that level. And I've never felt like there was no other alternative. Bro, I'll be, I'll be hundred percent candid with you. I had never, I, I, I'm sure I had had bouts of depression before, but they weren't but like the one I had when we lived in Nashville was so bad that had I not been with Mrs. Haas, I don't know what would have become of that. It you was just call one of those. Me. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, but you know, you feel so stuck. You feel you so, don't want to burden somebody um, else with your problems. You feel pet. You feel petrified. Like you can't even talk about it. It's it's it gets that bad. Um, to where, yeah, you just don't even know. Even if you want to, you you can't physically or mentally get to that place. Um, so it's tough. It's tough. And here's the thing. We kind of talked about this earlier. I kind of used to maybe make fun or light of depression. Like, you know, come on, just snap out of it, you know, power through it, you, you know, man up, grow up your way of convincing yourself. Right. But once you're in that moment, you're like, holy shit, this is like rough. Like, holy fuck. I, I don't know, you know, like I started saying, I don't know how people who don't have that support system pa- get through those, those events in their lives. I'm super thankful that, that, that I was in the situation I was in when it was that bad. Um, but yeah, the roll back. Yeah. I mean, of course you, 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 you turn to when you get so frustrated that you don't know what else to do. Of course, getting rid of all the pain and all the frustration and everything. Of course that, that that's a thought. It's a When it gets that bad, I mean, you, you feel like, you know, hey, nothing else is working. This, this is the only way to make all the pain go away. Right. I, I, you know, I, I can see that, I guess, without a doubt. Well, and if you're a strain on your loved ones, you know, you don't see the logic because you can't in that moment. Right. Well, uh, and I know we touched on this the other day. I, I told you guys, like, in terms of how suicide has affected me personally, I only have a handful of times in my life where I have had to deal with it. One of those times being uh, when I worked at a job a number of years ago, I had a young gentleman that worked with me that was having an issue. And I I spent a great deal of time talking to this person, trying to counsel this person. We had been, and and the issue with this person was they were a senior in high school. They had fucked up in high school. They weren't going to graduate and they didn't know how to tell their parents. And this is what they were wrestling with. 
Well, as all of you know, I too fucked up in high school, didn't graduate when I was supposed to. So I thought, well, hey, I'm perfectly suited to talk to this kid and explain to them that life does not end. Life's not over just because this is the case. And it was a lot of, my dad's never going to understand. My dad's never going to accept this. I fucked up. And I was just like, okay, spent a great deal of time talking with this person. Got done. You know, and it's one of these situations where I'm like, dude, I'll stay here all night with you. And it's like, no, I'm good. Thanks for talking to me, whatever. I went home, got up the next morning, came back to work, found out this person had committed suicide in the middle of the night after we had kind of parted company. Haas, like you had said when we were talking about our friend that took their own life, you're like, oh, I should have seen something. I should have known something. Like I should have been connected on a level that, that I should have seen the flags. And so you almost punish yourself. I think in some way over the years I have done that because, and I said this to you, like I still keep this, which is the card from when they actually were laid to rest. Um, I don't know why I keep it. I don't know why if it's like in some way, like I'm, I don't know, punishing myself because I feel like I should have done more. I know that at the end of the day, I talked to them. I said everything I thought I could say, did everything I thought I could do. And if they were going to carry through on this, there was nothing I could do. But I, I don't know. I hold on to it as a reminder for some reason. I don't know. I went through all my personal shit the other day and found this after I talked to you guys. And I was just like, I'm still holding on to it. And I don't know why. And, and I think I did for a while punish myself going, what the fuck? You know, what didn't you do? But at the end of the day, if they wanted to do it, there was nothing I was going to say or do that was going to change that. Yeah. I mean, it, the military has obviously got a similar aspect to it of like how much of the leadership gets involved, especially when you were deployed. Do you shut down the unit for the day? You know, do you suspend operations? What do you do? Do they just want to get back after it? And there's no right or wrong answer. I don't, I won't pretend to say that there's one cookie cutter solution. Um, but, but yes, I mean, it ripples out. Um, and, and I don't know. <laughs> and, well, I, I know what I was going to say with that. Um, you know, what followed as it related to the stigma of, of mental health and suicide was there was a, there was a large debate within the military of how do you handle that? You know, if you commit suicide in a wartime environment, like, how, do you get reward awards as if you deployed like and and as you might I, I won't go through the whole long multi-year effort that you know at least the army from my perspective went through to try to deal with that of like getting getting rid of the stigma associated with it of finally succumbing to that um you know do you get full burial you know full honors can you get buried at arlington you know i mean and because initially like you know, the army just didn't have to deal with that. You just sort of, you just did it, you know, pre multi-deployment. And it's, it's no coincidence that a lot of the, the deployments or the suicides, a lot of suicides started to go up corresponding with deployments. Although the army spent tremendous amount of effort and energy into dissecting the statistics and there were as many people who had not deployed, were not deployed, or otherwise that committed suicide as those that were deployed. And so you might imagine scratching their head, like, what the fuck do we do? And then, and then connected with that was the idea of post-traumatic stress, which many refer to as PTSD and add the disorder at the end. My boss at the time hated that. He called it PTS. He's like, it's not a disorder. 
it's post-traumatic stress shell shock yeah yeah like it used to be called shell shock as george carlin joked about yes instantly dealt with it because you called it what it was right had a term that corresponded with like what what had happened normal to witness shit like this and then they watered it down (laughs) by calling it post-traumatic yeah post-traumatic stress Stress, um (laughs) a couple of funny pivots maybe uh well one funny pivot (laughs) <laughs> just, just is, one. We'll just do one. Well, the other one's more serious. This is actually a really important one, I think. Um, but the first one is the comedian Taylor Tomlinson. She was joking about, and I was thinking about you. Um, she's like, you know, my father was a, a minister or whatever. And she's like, I don't listen to a thing that man says. Because when I ask him, dad, what do I do about whatever? And he's like, I don't know, honey. I read it in a book. <laughs> and she's like, but my uncle, who's been arrested three times, deals drugs and has been. Right. He'll tell I you. I listen to everything he says. <laughs> like, I want to listen to someone who's lived. Right. Right. So that's kind of the the comedic, I guess, pivot off of. There's, well, there's some real, tr- there's some real factual truth to that. Yeah, and 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 that sets up um, something I really wanted to address or, or bring up within the framework of this topic today, which was. There was a study done following, I believe, um, and somebody slapped me if I get this wrong. You, oh, remember the, only. you remember the earthquake? Yeah, right. Virtually slapped me. <laughs> the earthquake where there was like 200,000 plus that got killed in Indonesia. Yeah. Um, it was right around Christmas. <clears throat> well, as you might imagine, significant trauma <laughs> across the board. Right. Stems right. From that. So what, uh, so what they started to do is they started, started kind of examining those that um, weren't faring well afterward because they either lost family, friends, or otherwise, and those that were successfully able to move on. And I think you can apply this to war. You can apply it to traumatic situations. You can apply it, apply it to like a really tough time in your life, which was the people who were able to move on, embraced what happened as part of the narrative of their life, which I think is a really, really important point because the narrative of their life is the really important aspect because they envision it going forward and they've now acknowledged that it happened. You know, they've they've tried to come like they're coming to terms with it, but they envision it as part of how they're going to move forward. It's the we all grew up in, we, well, we all grew up in the South, and it's like Mama always said, this too shall pass. Oh, my fucking it's, God. I told my mom it's going to be on her tombstone. She says that constantly. This too, my mom says that to me all the time. She's like, you know, suck it up, buttercup. This too shall pass. I uh, just going to say, it, it's, having that, it, it's having a high emotional IQ enough to know that statement applies and is true simultaneously. It, mom, if you're listening, you're going to hear this. You're going to chuckle to yourself because I tell you, my mom says that constantly. This too shall and, pass. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny, so does mine all the time. And yeah. it's like the old, you know, if you find yourself in hell, what do you do? Keep going. You know what I mean? Like, it, if you embrace the notion, and, and again, this gets into the depression. Do you see an end? Do you see something different in the future? If you embrace the notion that you're going to be stronger or you're going to learn or something from this, but it'll be a part of your story and you will be able to refer back to it later on in life and be better for it, you are more likely to keep trucking along. Right. Uh, yeah, just yeah, so we- you know. 
So that's what my mom is in my phone. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, it sounds like what you're saying is there's a difference and understanding the difference between being a survivor and being a victim. Survivors move on. Victims are, are incapable yeah, of You moving. know, it's that victor versus victim mentality, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, and, and I think there's a value to the simplicity of that statement. Agreed. Um, because it is that straightforward in many respects. And you may vacillate between the two at times, but at the end, it, it comes down to, do you have the will and the desire to want to move into the other column? Because you want to fight through it. You want to get better on the other side. And it, is it a week? Is it months? That's, the, that's usually the problem is you don't know. Maybe not the best statement for this conversation. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know, we, we've all gone through shit that, you know, it's been tough. But, you know, I use, you know, for the most part, I think we all use that as a growing point. And hopefully, you know, and, and Haas, you coming on the show today and sharing what you did, I, I'm very appreciative of that. A, a learning experience, you know, being able to share that and, and hopefully help somebody else, um, I, I think is the important thing. It's not just going through it. It's, you know, being able to talk about it and hopefully help somebody else as well. But again, in a situation of isolation, like we've dealt with with COVID, how can you even position yourself in a place to see the red flags from other people, right? Because you can't be around them. Yeah. And like we've said, like you can't look at their social posts and necessarily nope. get can't a 100% that. right, accurate read on that. So yes, it's definitely a difficult time. It's unprecedented in terms of being able to deal with this situation. I, I, w I would say the number one thing I've been doing is trying just to reach out to people I haven't talked to in a while and just kind of do a check-in and be like, hey, you good? Anything you want to talk about? I'm here. You know, anytime, just reach out. Yeah. You know, do you want to do a virtual hangout? You know, just that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, we have this line. If you're in a situation where you need somebody to talk to and you need this line just to have some face-to-face -face connection, use it. It doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. There's nothing in my life going on that's important enough where I'm like, oh, no, I need that line. You can't use it for that reason. Be like, hey, I need to talk to so-and-so. That's fine. You know, and again, with the three of you, I'm in a different position in my life. And it's one of those things where I go, if I need to talk to somebody, yes, I, I can talk to Mrs. Thor. But at the end of the day, if, if I need to be able to talk to somebody, I know I have you gentlemen. I'm not looking for anybody to resolve an issue. Sometimes you just need to vent. I think that's part of the problem I have as a man. Like when, and I always think back to Woody Harrelson, uh, white men can't jump. And his, uh, God, what's the woman's name? Rosie Perez. Rosie She's Perez. Like, I'm, I'm thirsty. And he goes and gets a glass of water. She goes, I, I want a glass want of water. Right? I want you, I want to, you to empathize with my thirst. <laughs> and he fucking throws it in her face. He's like, if you say you're thirsty, I'm going to get you a glass of Two water. Glass That's of water. just what I do. I'm a man. If you tell I me a problem, problems. I fix fucking problems. That's what I try to do. It's like, if my wife has an issue, it's like, I need to fix the problem. I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen to me. And I think as men, we are in this position of like, I just got to resolve the issue. I got to fix it. And so it does become a tough situation to navigate because it's like, sometimes you just got to listen. You don't need to do shit. You just got to listen to the person. Just, and so know, that's tough. Yeah. Being able to, I mean, I, 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 you know, and I think that's, that's kind of. Grinch is like, I'm never going to tell you my problems. No, no. I, I think <laughs> it's, water thing. In my face. It, it, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's like, sometimes you just want to say things out loud. Yeah. Because when you say it out loud, sometimes you hear how you're articulating it and you're reflecting on it. But, it, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it, it's, 
as we said, it's a serious topic. We're not trying to belittle it. I know. It's yeah. more, it's causing us to reflect on this in light of current events. It's just humor you know, is how we deal well, with it's, shit. It's right. how it's we deal with it, right? This, this may work for you. It may not work for you. Right. But, but you know, kind to yourself, at the end of the day, connect. try something right. besides, yes. you know, the, the size, nothing permanent right. alternative. Right. Doing let, nothing let it, is not the answer. Yeah. You'll be stronger on the back end. Let it be part of your narrative. And yeah. I know I, I, much prefer to interact and be part of and with people who have who've kind of been through the mix because they're stronger for it oh yeah anybody who's never faced adversity i'm like mm, you're you're well, kind of a snowflake right i was gonna say that to, <laughs> to you haas is like you had mrs haas to talk to when you were living in nashville like you could have talked to me but i think at the end of the day you're like dude you don't live in my situation you're not living in uh, the country you don't necessarily understand what i'm going through it's Where not she bad. does. It's just she was right there. You right. know, and I was I was very fortunate. And, and again, I think we can all relate to this. We're all married to significant others who love us enough to know us better than we know ourselves. Um, I mean, I, I think generally, um, I, I don't know. This this is a, a bit of a blanket statement, but but I feel this: women just generally are more intuitive of those kinds of things than men are. Um, and I can say my wife in particular is, yeah. and she knows me and loves me better than I know me and love me. And so I was just very fortunate in that instance that I didn't even realize it was, it was a thing. She pointed it out and I was like, Oh fuck this. It's I tried to down, I tried to downplay it. I tried to push it aside. I tried to denounce it. I've got this. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. It's good. And then she was like, yeah, it's a thing. And this is something you need to address. And you know, because of that, yeah, it, it was able to be dealt with or it could have been worse for sure. So all of those I'd listening, like to- all of those listening, please take note. Women, more intuitive. Men, funnier. Mac, what were you going to say? I was just going to take it. I don't know how we, it, we don't end on that. I was going to oh, say, oh, stop I, there, stop there. Okay, I can we throw can something out. We can cut it later because it, you got to end on that, right? <laughs> Women intuitive, men funnier. I, I, I just walked away. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. I can't, I, I can't drop my mic, but you get the point. Just yank your wire out. You do it all the you time. Can, I was say, you, can tra- you can drop your mic. You're just we, choosing not to. I really I don't, don't want to see you yanking your wire. Oh, oh, well, that's <laughs> For expensive. those who can't, See, he's flicking everybody off. Look, that's expensive. Don't drop yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I think we would agree. Like the four of us, we do use humor as a deflection, as a coping mechanism. I mean, humor is always there. We talked about it in our humor podcast. I mean, it was one of those things. Like that's what we use it for. I try to find funny in every situation, even when it's inappropriate, and I'm good with that. I know other people probably aren't because they deal with things differently and that's on them. And I don't hold them accountable for that. I mean, you're entitled to your own opinion about how you deal with However wrong it may be. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, I'm good with humor. And so, yeah, we will interject humor in this because it, it is, it's an awkward topic to talk about. It is an uncomfortable topic. It needs conversation, but we still deal with it in a, in a humorous fashion when we can. I mean, yes, we can throw out stats and, and we can talk about stories that we know. I feel bad for the, you know, our friend that is, of course, no longer with us. But at the end of the day, they chose their path. Everybody else has to deal with a fallout, not them. And so if humor is how you choose to deal with it, more power to you. That's totally up to you. And I don't fault you if you go another way. It's just I, I tend to try to find the humor. The important takeaway there is it doesn't matter how you deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> 
fucking yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the other get, thing is talking about grieving and loss in any way possible. That's that's Macism number one thousand and one. Number the, no number one. Number one. Doesn't matter <laughs> how you only. deal with it. Deal that's with all it. I got. And I've climaxed. That's, it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dirt, that's the dirty snowman for it's you. Dirty <laughs> Except right. my karma. Except my karma. You know what? Oh. Uh, look, at this point it's all downhill from here, folks. So oh, I think yeah. we're gonna end it here. Wow. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna call it a day. We're going to stop oh, there. Uh, wow. Thank you, gentlemen. I do appreciate it. One thing I would like to say for all those listening, I don't care if it's one person, 17 people, 300 people, it doesn't matter. Uh, National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. If you are having an issue, God forbid, please call 1-800-273-8255. Get help. Hopefully on some level, and I put this out when I talked to you guys earlier in the week, was like, if somebody listens to this and they chuckle, and they go, you know what? Fuck it. it. That's funny. doesn't matter. It's relevant information. And that helps in some way. That's all that matters. I mean, the four of us, we're good. I mean, we get together every week. We talk. We shoot the shit. We harass each other. doesn't matter. But if somebody listens to this and in some way it helps them, that's all they care about. I'm good with that. And on that note, I say we, we, we put a plug in it and we call it. We're done. Anybody got anything else? Last minute. Final. Said it well. Okay. As we wrap things up here, we invite all of our listeners to join the debate by dropping us a line at spiriteddebates at gmail.com. You can send in topics you'd like us to debate, drink recipes you'd like us to try, or just general feedback on how to make the show better. And don't forget, you can always follow us on Instagram or Facebook at a spirited debate or on Twitter at spirited debates. Feel free to press follow, like, subscribe, whatever the fuck you got to do. And if you don't, as I said at the beginning, we're just happy that you're here listening and we hope that you continue. Until next time, yeah. we'd like to say, Prost, Empire. Salute to Kawhi. Cheers, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs>